You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. the new year with a, a new I won't I don't know if I'll call it a series but I'll explain it to you in just a couple minutes um, but um, just a couple of announcements first of all prayer on Friday night be uh, faithful to the house of God in prayer if you would and then this Sunday uh, we have uh, brother and sister wicked with us in the morning for a mission service and then Sunday night, we'll be doing our vision casting for 2023. So we'll ask that everyone, if possible, be in those services on Sunday. And um, we just want to see what God's going to do in this coming year. We believe uh, uh, great things are in store. Amen. So uh, be faithful if you would. Uh, over the next, um, except for Sunday, over the next uh, few weeks, we're going to uh, do something a little different. We're going to focus on some things that we uh, believe from the Word of God. Uh, we're, going to, we're going to watch small segments, clips of Brother Bernard that is going to kick us into our lesson. And uh, each, um, each lesson will be uh, also happening in the youth and also in the deaf ministry. They'll be continuing their Bible study downstairs following our same uh, topics. So they'll be happening in the youth and also in the deaf. Um, so we'll be going through um, Wednesdays and Sundays um, on certain topics. So keep that in mind. We do have a special event at the, end of our, at the end of the month, which is our fifth Sunday. On January the 29th, we're having... Uh, we're having a special event right after the service, and um, we're, it'll be in the fellowship hall, and everyone will be able to see and, uh, the involvement of all the ministries in our church, and you'll be able to walk through and see if there's um, ministries that you'd like to be involved in. We're, we're putting it all together. It's, it's going to be a, a nice uh, event, so that'll be immediately following the service on January the 29th, and we'll have more information uh, as it comes forward. There's um, a group that's helping orchestrate it, and so we're looking forward to that. Amen. Uh, so we're going to go immediately to um, the short video. Uh, it's, it's about 11 minutes or so, um, but uh, tonight we're talking about understanding the Word of God, and uh, Brother Menard will be sharing his thoughts on that. Welcome to Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, a podcast dedicated to helping modern-day believers live out the teachings of the first-century church. This podcast is part of the teaching ministry of Dr. David K. Bernard. Dr. Bernard has dedicated his life to studying the Bible and helping believers apply its message to their daily lives. In Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, Dr. Bernard answers your questions about what the Bible teaches and how those teachings apply to everyday life. Thank you for joining us for this broadcast. People enjoy listening to this podcast because they appreciate your extensive knowledge of the Bible. 
and audience members routinely send us questions in hopes that you'll address them in an upcoming episode. The only problem, of course, is that we don't have time to cover every single question. Somebody out there has a question that you haven't covered and they need an answer. And we know that God's word has the answers, of course. People just need to know how to find those answers in the Bible. With that in mind, what does effective Bible study involve and how can a person enhance their personal understanding of God's word? First of all, I think it's helpful for us to read the Bible daily. I try to read at least a little bit every day. And if for some reason I'm not able, then I catch up. I typically try to read the Bible through uh, every year. And for the past 10 years or so, I've used different translations uh, in order to evaluate them, but also to glean fresh insight. And then I will compare them. Uh, of course, I was raised with the King James Version. So if I use a different translation, especially if I see some new insight or doctrinal point that I hadn't really thought about, I'll go back to the King James, the new King James and compare them to make sure I think they're, you know, they're on the right track. And of course, try to dig into the underlying Hebrew and Greek text. Um, so what I would first of all suggest is make a habit of reading the Bible regularly and consistently. Read it devotionally. Sometimes I like to read it fast. So I like to take the whole book, uh, one book of the Bible and read it all in one setting. Or if it's a long book, maybe in two or three days, but to read the whole thing, to get the whole context. Other times I like to slow down, maybe just read a few verses or uh, a chapter because I'm digging into the content. But in addition to the daily devotional reading of the Bible, uh, you can also study book by book. So you take a book and you study uh, the circumstances surrounding that book, the, the context, the historical context, why it was written, who wrote it, to whom was it originally written, and what's, what, what are the main themes, perhaps even uh, look at an outline or make your own outline of the book. So you're digging into that particular book. That's a way to do a, a more in-depth study. Another way is a topical study. So you take a subject such as spiritual gifts or love or hospitality um, or marriage, and you trace it through the Bible. And I would always say you've got to make sure you end up in the New Testaments because that's the greatest revelation to us and instructions for the church today. But you study everything the Bible has to say on a particular topic. So that's another way to study. Now, uh, re we really need to give some attention to how we interpret the Bible. And you may say, well, I, I just read it. I don't, I don't need any rules of interpretation. I just read it. Well, if you do that, you do have rules of interpretation. You just don't know what they are. You're just coming to the text with your own presuppositions, and you've never carefully analyzed what those are. So I suggest uh, that you carefully study and develop uh, your, your rules of interpretation, so to speak, and then try to be consistent in applying them. So I've written a book on that subject. It's called Understanding God's Word. And it goes step by step using the Bible itself as a source. What is the right way to read and understand? What's the right way to study and interpret God's Word? Or what's technically known as hermeneutics, principles of interpretation. So I do recommend... Uh, that you read my book, Understanding God's Word. That will help you go beyond the surface and dig more deeply into the meaning of the text. Now, once you start doing that, then you need tools for study. 
so you start, and many sources are online, and many sources you can do if you have an um, if you have a Bible reading program that's uh, digital. Then of course you can do word searches and so on. But several tools that you should have a concordance, which helps you look up words, and something like Strong's Concordance or Young's Concordance will help you start digging into the underlying meaning of the Hebrew and Greek words. So you're not just uh, searching for an English word and seeing what it means in English, but you're studying the Greek and Hebrew words that are used in Scripture. So even if you don't know Hebrew and Greek, those concordances, and there are other resources, Strong uh, has uh, numbers. So the Hebrew and Greek words are numbered. So you, Many other resources are key to those numbers so that you can use another resource. And even if you don't know Hebrew and Greek, you can study that word in that verse and get the meaning. Word studies then. Uh, uh, so if you don't know those languages, there are good word studies like for the Old Testament. A classic is Nelson. For the New Testament, a classic is Vine. Uh, or a longer study is Vincent. And these are studies that help you dig into the meanings of the words. Um, then going beyond that, Bible dictionaries and more extensively Bible encyclopedias. They will give you information on a certain subject. So if you're reading about Jericho, you can go and see what everything the Bible has to say about Jericho and maybe historical research, archaeological research. So a Bible dictionary or a Bible encyclopedia will give you more extensive knowledge of that particular subject. There are all kinds of encyclopedias. Some are conservative, some are not. So you want to look at those that are produced by conservative Bible-believing scholars, evangelical scholars, such one example would be Zondervan has a, a dictionary and also an encyclopedia. Uh, the classic standard for a Bible encyclopedia, although it's not evangelical, is the anchor. Um, in Bible Encyclopedia. And then going beyond that, commentaries. Now, I like to read commentaries that dig into the meaning of the text, exegetical commentaries, as opposed to uh, commentaries that focus on making sermons, which would be homiletical. Uh, good examples that are conservative, not too technical, not too expensive. The Tyndale Old Testament commentaries, uh, the Tyndale New Testament commentaries, they can be purchased individual volumes. The New International Commentary on the Old Testament, the New International Commentary on the New Testament, those are more extensive, more expensive, but still conservative, evangelical. Uh, the Wycliffe Bible Commentary is a one-volume commentary. And, of course, there are many others. My book, Understanding God's Word, has an appendix that has tools for study, and it breaks down each category, including these that I've mentioned, as well as some others, and it gives you a list of resources under each category. Some of the older classic ones, as I said, are available free online. Some of the newer ones can be purchased online or, of course, hard copy. But if you really want to do serious study of the Bible, you need to assemble some tools, a small library of reference works that help you dig into the underlying uh, meaning of the text. So I, I believe that we can study the Bible through prayer, through daily reading, through careful thought, uh, but we also need to make sure we understand some important principles of interpretation. And then once we do that, we'll become more consistent uh, in our study of the word. 
and then developing these tools. And I mentioned earlier using various translations. So uh, I have another podcast on that subject, but I do recommend using a literal translation like the King James, the New King James. There are several others in modern English, the modern English version. Uh, but then also using a more idiomatic translation, such as the New International Version, the New Living Translation, and there are others, and comparing them back and forth. Don't just make a major doctoral point out of one wording. Make sure you look at several translations so that you have a good grasp. And then, as I said, you could even use tools to go back into the underlying words in Hebrew and Greek to give you further uh, further um, understanding. I will say this, don't let somebody intimidate you by saying, well, the Greek means this and the, and the Hebrew means this, and so your doctrine is wrong. The same arguments in Hebrew and Greek can be translated back into English, and you're not going to establish a major doctrinal point just on the definition of one word. You're going to establish a major doctrinal point by looking at the total context and looking at many passages relate to relate to that. So while a study of the original languages is helpful, and if you don't know those languages, using tools that help you dig into those languages, while that is definitely helpful, can give you insight, don't be intimidated as if you are not competent to understand God's word if all you know is English. No, uh, you can understand God's word. And God wants us to understand his word. The entire Protestant Reformation was based on the understanding the word of God is not reserved for a few technical experts or for the church to tell you what it means or for the priest to tell you what it means. But every one of us can read and study God's word and God's word will speak to us and we can know the truth. There may be some passages that are difficult to understand where we have differences of opinion, but all major doctrines and everything we need to be saved and to live a Christian life and to exercise Christian ministry can be clearly understood uh, if we will faithfully read and study God's Word. Thank you for listening to this episode of Apostolic Life in the 21st Century. If you enjoy this podcast, please take a moment to give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. We also appreciate it when you share Amen. apostolic Thank you. life in the 21st century. With Amen. So you can actually go online. He's got all kinds of podcasts that you can watch. And um, Brother Bernard is never afraid to answer any question on any topic. It's, uh, he has great knowledge. So tonight I'm, I'm picking up with the rest of the Bible lesson. And a lot of the information that I'm taking is from uh, the book, Understanding God's Word, that Brother Bernard uh, has written. And um, obviously, uh, that book has been around for a while, and I've read it uh, more than once. And um, it's a great understanding. If you uh, desire to purchase it, you can do that too, I'm sure. Uh, understanding God's Word uh, has uh, some basic information that we're going to share, principles that we're going to talk about. Because uh, this is really the foundation of our relationship with God. If, if you want to grow in God, you've got to be in His Word. You can't grow without His Word. Listen, prayer is necessary, and you, you need to learn prayer, and you must pray, and, and that's wonderful.
But if you are not in the Word of God on a regular basis, you cannot grow. The Word of God is what is settled. And prayer is you talking to Him. What happens through His Word is He talks to you. And that's very, very important. And um, if you want to have God talk into your life, then He will do that through His Word. The amount of times that you will hear an audible voice of God in your lifetime will be limited. But God will talk to you. He will talk to you through his word. And so um, because of the authority of the Bible being the word of God, uh, we, we must obey its message. The authority of scripture, it's, it's right, it's powerful, uh, it commands our belief and obedience, and that's based upon the inspiration of Scripture. The Bible is God's revelation to us, and in such is our sole authority. Now, when I say our sole authority, this is what the authority is for. You don't receive doctrine from anywhere else but the Bible. Nowhere else. Someone tries to teach you doctrine that's not in the Word of God, then I would advise you strongly not to listen. Okay? Your doctrine is solely from the Word of God. Salvation is solely from the authority of the Word of God. There is no other way to be saved. The Word of God is our salvation. That's where you'll find how to be saved. So doctrine, salvation, and Christian living. Everything you need to know about living for God, godly, uh, is in the Word of God. And what happens is, if you and I will search the Scriptures, the Bible says, you'll find in them eternal life. It's about searching His Word. So we must let the Bible determine our worldview, our purpose in life, and our way of life. The, our worldview, our purpose, and our way of life is not determined by society. It's determined by the Word of God. The Word of God has lasted throughout the generations, and in 2023, it's still as powerful as it ever was. Amen. So let your worldview, how, how, how to be saved, doctrine of the Word of God, Christian living, all those, let that be from his word. And um, listen, there's a lot of things that you can view. Internet has thousands and thousands of things you can view. None of those things will compare. None of them will compare to you being in the word of God yourself. Amen. So uh, your worldview, your purpose in life, and also your way of life. So our response to his message will determine our eternal destiny. How I respond to the Word of God will actually determine my eternal destiny. If I follow His Word, it's not, it's not enough to know His Word. It leads me to obeying His Word. It's not even enough to know and obey. You fall in love with His Word. And when you fall in love with the truth, there's nothing that you're willing to sell it for. Nothing. Buy the truth and sell it not. <laughs> uh, get the word of God as the basis of everything you do. Because there's truthfulness in his word. 
Uh, we're going to go through this month talking about things we believe. There's no sense of us talking about anything we believe unless we base it, first of all, on the Word of God. The Word of God. The truthfulness of the Word. Since the Bible is the Word of God, the Bible is truth. Since all of the words of the Bible are inspired by God, and the Bible tells us that, then they are the words of God. Then uh, they are the very word of God, which is true. You don't have to try to figure out. I had, I had um, people in the past try to, you know, what, what, why does it say this here? And why does it say this there? And just get yourself into the word of God. Find out uh, the truth of the word of God. It's inspired by God. Amen. The Bible teaches that it is infallible. Never wrong. It's incapable of error not subject to mistakes or failures. Uh, it is neither misleading or has it been misled. The Word of God is inspired by God. When you read the Word of God, you are spending time with God. It's not just, you know, I, I've got a check mark on my Bible study chart. No, 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 Bible reading chart. It's you are spending time with Him. Spending time with him. You want to spend more time with him? Get into his word. It is reliable, trustworthy. It is the guide in all matters. You got something that you're worrying about, concerned about, questioning, want to know, get into his word. You'll find the answer. It's in his word. So uh, understanding God's word, these, all these things you can find uh, in the book that Brother Bernard has written on understanding God's Word. So I'm going to give you some characteristics tonight of truth that are essential uh, to its very nature, and it's important that we understand these things when it comes to the Word of God. Number one, it is absolute. It's absolute. Not relative, not dependent on anything else. It's real. It's actual. Paul writes in Romans chapter 3, in verse 4, certainly not. Indeed, let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified in your words and may overcome when you are judged. The word of God is absolute. You listen to individuals, and there's a great possibility it's not absolute. But the word of God is absolute. It's real, and it is it is. Um, actual. Uh, secondly, the Word of God is precise. It's accurately stated. What's wonderful about the preciseness of the Word of God, it doesn't matter who is reading it, what generation is reading it, it's precise. The Word of God is precise. It's correct even to the minute detail. Proverbs 30 and 5 says, every Word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in him. It is precise. Um, you want something that's exact? Get into the word of God. Thirdly, uh, the word of God is immutable, never changing or varying. It's constant, stable, remaining the same. Psalm 119, 89 says, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. You don't have to worry about it changing uh, down the road. You don't have to worry about it changing for your kids, your grandkids. The word is settled. It's settled. It's immutable. Uh, number four, it is whole. 
That means it's entire, complete, to be taken uh, as a body. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 2 says, Ye shall not add to the word which I command you, nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. Everything has already been written. We're not adding to it. We're not taking away from it. It is important. It is whole in itself. Um, Psalm 19 and 7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. When you talk about the word of God, it's whole. Uh, is it going to be good enough for 2023? It's going to be good enough for 2023. Will it be good enough if the Lord tarries for 20, uh, 25 and 2030? Yeah, it'll, be, it'll stand strong and firm just like it always has since it has been written. It is whole. Number five, it is consistent in agreement or harmony, in accord, unified. There's, it's not contradictory. Psalm 119, 160 says, The entirety of your word is truth. And every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. You see that in Psalm 119, 160. It's consistent. It works across all generations. It works across all cultures. It works across all uh, age groups, uh, male, female. The word of God is consistent. Number six, it is eternal, everlasting, timeless. Isaiah 40 and verse 8 says, The grass withereth, the flower fades, but the word of God stands forever. <laughs> you don't have to ever worry about it uh, becoming old or outdated. <laughs> it is eternal. Grass will fade and the flower will fade and all of that will happen. The word of God will stand. Uh, it will never pass away. But he says, my words shall not pass away. Number seven, it is unbreakable, incapable of failing, being disapproved, uh, being destroyed. First Kings chapter 8 and 56 says, Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel according to all that he had promised. Uh, there has not failed one word of all his good promise uh, which he promised through his servant Moses. Uh, uh, whatever is written in the word, you can take it to the bank. It's going to be the same. Amen. It's, just, it's going to be the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. The Lord is no respecter of persons. The Bible is very clear. John 10 and 35, it says, If he called them gods to whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot, he said, be broken. Cannot be broken. God is never going back on his word. If it's written in his word, he's not changing. It doesn't matter about the culture and the society that we live in in 2023. He's going to remain the same. <laughs> Amen. Uh, if anything changes, it's people, not his word. It's irrevocable, capable of being withdrawn. It is, it is incapable of being withdrawn, repealed, canceled, or annulled. That's the society we're living in right now. The challenge is, I'm going to cancel this, I'm going to change this, and appeal this, and annul this. His word is incapable of being withdrawn. It is irrevocable. <laughs> There's no apologies made for his word. His word stands and lasts forever. Uh, Matthew 5.18 says, For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Luke 24, 44, Then he said to them, 
Uh, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Everything that he said is going to take place is going to take place. If it hasn't take, taken place yet, it's going to. Amen. That's the way it is. Acts 1 and 16, men and brethren, this scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke before by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide uh, to those who arrested Jesus. You can go all the way from the beginning of the Old Testament through the New Testament. What has been prophesied is either already taken place or it will take place. You can be assured that it's irrevocable. There's nothing that's going to surprise, sneak up on God, uh, creep up on him. There's no new thought that people are going to come up with that he hasn't already taken care of. Amen. In order to interpret the Bible, there are some general principles that you and I must have established to guide and govern our study. Because I believe without a doubt for our relationship to be stronger in him, then we need to spend time studying his word. Uh, grammatical historical method, that's principle number one. Uh, that's when you look at the author, you look at the text, and the reader. Uh, grammatical historical method and exegesis and interpretation of Scripture is seeking the meaning that the writers intended to convey. Exegesis literally means to bring meaning out of the text. So when you're studying text, you want to study the context of where it was written, who it was written by. Who was written to? Those are important factors to find out the, the, the grammar in the, in, the, in the Word of God and also the historical parts of the Word of God. That's a principle that you keep in mind uh, when things are being written. Okay, who was it written to and for what reason and by who? And uh, those things are all important factors of understanding His Word. Uh, principle number two is the illumination by the Spirit. Illumination refers to, to the ministry of the Spirit by which the meaning of Scripture is made clear to the believer. There's something powerful happens when someone who is filled with the Holy Ghost is reading the Word of God. There's an illumination that comes by the Spirit of God. Okay, so um, God reveals truth progressively. To those who believe and obey, why would God reveal something new to someone when they haven't already followed what he's already showed them? Okay, I'm going to say it again. You can't ask God to give you new revelation if you haven't already followed what he's already showed. Um, it's important to make sure when you are reading the Word of God that you're listening to the Spirit and not to the flesh. Because our flesh will twist anything to make it justifiable in our sight. But the Spirit will not do that. The Spirit will not say to me what I want to hear. That's not how it works. The Holy Ghost tells me the truth. It will reveal to me all truth. It will bring me into all truth. Sometimes I read the Word of God and I don't like how it sounds. Okay? You cannot trust your flesh. Do not trust your heart. 
Your heart is desperately wicked. That's what the Word of God says. You are not uh, to fulfill the flesh or the lust of the flesh. It's, I'm, God, I want your spirit to illuminate in my, my life what you want me to see, even if I don't want to hear it. And that happens a lot. Because it just seems to happen that God has scriptures that come alive just at the right moment when you're dealing with something, maybe attitude or contrariness or whatever, all of a sudden something will come out of the scripture and, and the spirit, the Holy Ghost will reveal that to you and you're just like, mm, mm. Didn't need to read that today. And the more you think about it, the more you need to read it today. That's what the spirit will do. So you take the grammatical, historical method, and you add it to illumination by the Spirit, and all of the rest of the principles are determined by those first two. Those are the context of where it's written, how it's written, by who it's written, to whom it's written. That's, that's extremely important. But the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost brings to life the Scripture. You can read something ten times, and the next time you read it, something pops out that you never saw before. That's the power of his spirit. Uh, principle number three, the clarity of Scripture. The Scriptures are basically plain, and they're meant to be understood. God's not trying to pull the wool over your eyes. This is what he says in Psalm 119.105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. He's not trying to trick you or I with his word. His word is a lamp and a light to my feet and to my pathway. So the clarity of Scripture. Sometimes if things are not clear right away, studying it more, reading more Scripture about it, getting get better clarification. Principle number four, adaptation to the human mind. The Bible expresses truth in finite, finite uh, human uh, lettering, wording, vocabulary. It uses thought patterns, although it never accommodates human error. It's still using our mind to understand his word. Okay, so there's not, you know, he's not giving you some out-of-the-body experience. He's still using the humanity part of you to understand his word. So he adapts the adaptation uh, to the human mind. Always re realize and remember that we are human. We're not God. We're not some miniature God. We're human reading the word of God. God, help my mind to, which is, I mean, it's limited. Help it to understand what you're trying to say to me. Have you ever read scripture and you have no idea what it's trying to say? God, open my mind. Let the illumination of the spirit, let me see what you're trying to let me see today. Uh, number five, progressive revelation. God reveals truth progressively from the Old Testament to the New Testament. The law was our tutor uh, to bring us to Christ. Paul writes this, Galatians 3, 24 and 25, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. Paul said the Old Testament brought us to an understanding of this is what we need to see in the New Testament. 
after we come into revelation of Jesus Christ and his word, then he becomes our tutor. It's his word that becomes our tutor. And um, it's important uh, so that when we realize that, God, I want you to open up my understanding to understanding your word. Principle number six, Scripture as its own interpreter. Scriptures interpret scriptures. Okay, so the whole Bible uh, is the context for interpreting a passage. Clear verses help interpret more difficult passages. You'll read uh, some clarity for certain scriptures through scripture. You may have to read before and after, the chapter before, maybe the chapter after. But the reading of it will give clarity. That's why Brother Menard says even sometimes you read the whole book at once to get an understanding of what the theme may be even of that book. Okay, so uh, Scripture uh, as its own interpreter. Number seven, the unity of Scripture and the centrality of Christ. The Bible is unified, and its central focus is always Jesus Christ. Right from the beginning of the Bible through, it's about the Messiah, Jesus Christ, redemption, salvation. You can see the theme all the way through the Bible. If you take, for example, a book like Hosea, you read that book by itself, and it's like, wow, that's quite a story. He's, um, he's taking care of a, quite a situation here. If you look at it through the eyes of Jesus is our Savior, he's our redemption, then it gives you a whole different understanding of the book of Hosea. Understanding that there is a central um, unity throughout Scripture, and that is the Lord. Number eight, multiple witnesses for truth. Truth has several witnesses. God uses two or three witnesses to establish truth. Paul appealed to this principle to underscore his teaching. He says it in 2 Corinthians 13 and 1. This will be the third time I am coming to you by the mouth of two or three witnesses. Every word shall be established. Uh, the idea behind that is God is usually going to mention things more than a couple times for you and I to get the message. Don't haul one scripture out and as Brother Bernard said, and try to state some type of a doctrine. Let it be that there's multiple witnesses, multiple passages that come along and uh, give us witness of truth. Witness of truth. Number nine, I'm trying to come to a close here. One primary meaning uh, uh, is within Scripture, but many applications. So each passage has a primary meaning, but can have manifold significance and many applications. New Testament authors, you see this on a regular basis. They are going back and quoting Old Testament scripture in order to make new applications for their day. The Lord does it many times because that's what was written when the New Testament was happening. And so he goes back and they haul scriptures from the Old Testament to make new application. Uh, if you want to go through and study, for example, the Ten Commandments, you can, you can study the greater importance of every one of those commandments in the New Testament. Well, I'll give you an obvious one. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Okay, that's what the, old, that's what the commandment says. 
That's pretty clear. Speaks for itself. New Testament says that if a man looks on a woman with lust in his heart, then he's committed adultery in his heart already. That, that's a whole different level. <laughs> okay, that's not a physical act. That's a mental act. And it goes to a new level. You see, um, uh, when you're reading Old Testament to New Testament, you see this uh, principle that I'm speaking to you about. Um, it has a primary meaning. Obviously, we get that meaning. You can find that meaning uh, in, the Ten in the Ten Commandments about adultery in the Old Testament. But there's a different application about that in the New Testament. <laughs> there's a different guarding of your heart uh, and a guarding of your life, even to a greater extent. You see that on, on um, many passages of Scripture. And number 10, uh, use, the use of logic. We should use some rules of logic in interpreting Scripture. Logic means the science of correct reasoning. This Bible does, this, this, uh, does not mean that, um, that we make human reasoning our ultimate authority. We are flawed. We are flawed. Instead, we must allow the Bible to correct our reasoning. I need the Bible to correct my biases. I need the Bible to correct my thoughts, my presumptions. God's ways and thoughts transcend mine, transcends yours. God's ways and thoughts uh, uh, transcends, but uh, he is not illogical. You see through Scripture, he uses parables. I mean, he uses day-to-day things for people to understand the truths of his word. You can have uh, logic and human reasoning involved. It's just that my humanity is not the ultimate authority. His word is always going to supersede what my thoughts are. Amen. And um, Brother Bernard, he stated it in, his, in the podcast, it's so true, um, that every one of us, no matter what we think, we all have our own biases. It's, it's created in you uh, in upbringing throughout life. It's the way it is. It's, it's not, you're not bad. It's just the way it is, okay? We, we um, it doesn't matter what, if you were taught that McDonald's is always better than Burger King, when you're 50, you'll still think that, okay? If you think the other way, then you'll still think that. Then you get into this conversation back and forth, who's right? <laughs> Don't want to tell you that neither one of them are very good, but it's... <laughs> the biases are built in. That happens with the same thing when it comes to the Word. So we have to say, God, let... Let your spirit illuminate in my life what you want me to see. No matter what I've always thought, help me to see. Um, okay, if you always, you always thought that the angels sang when they came to <laughs> tell of the Lord's birth, now you know that they didn't. Okay, so if you've always sang, hark the herald angels sing. Um, well, I, you can sing it if you like. It's um, sometimes when we're illuminated to things, um, 
then we get to see even things that we've had in our minds for a long time. Okay, um, I'm finishing it with six, um, six things that lead us to interpreting the Scripture as apostolics because I think it's important. Um, anyone reading what I've already said to you uh, can, uh, have an under, can have understanding of the Bible. But as apostolics, how do we approach understanding His Word uh, as apostolics? Uh, number one, apostolic authority. The teaching and the preaching of the apostles. That's where you go back to. Always go back to the birth of the church. That's what you and I are part of today. Okay, it's not, we're, we're not, Mission Point is not some out off the rail. No, we, we want to go back to where the apostles and prophets, um, uh, the, the apostles' doctrine, the Bible says, that's what we follow. That's what we're guided by. Book of Acts. Number two, the Old Testament foundation, yet New Testament fulfillment. As apostolics, you don't ignore the Old Testament, but you don't focus just on the Old Testament. If you do that, you've missed the fulfillment of the new. If you only focus on the new, you miss the foundation. Okay, so you will look at the Old Testament foundation. A lot of times, first principles go back to Old Testament. First principles are the things, places where it happened first. Okay? And then you come through to how that important that is to you in studying the New Testament fulfillment. He didn't come to condemn the law. He came to fulfill the law. Okay? And so, uh, as apostolics, we want to take and, and evaluate, read, study the Old Testament foundation, but end up, uh, as Brother Menard said, in the New Testament fulfillment as apostolics. Uh, the centrality of, of one God in Jesus Christ is throughout the Word of God. You will not convince uh, Judaism that there's more than one God. It won't happen, Okay. That idea only came uh, in the fourth century. Okay, so having an understanding of going back to the beginning of the apostles' doctrine, that's where you find throughout the Scripture, from beginning to end, um, the centrality of one God in Jesus Christ. Number four, the importance of spiritual illumination and experience, both individually and corporately. So you... Uh, it's important that you don't just rely on church feeding. Okay, I'm glad we have church, and I'm glad that we can come together, and that's all good. But if you're only eating two times a week, you're starving to death. Okay, let it be individually and corporately. Uh, number uh, five, uh, in closing, interpretation in light of the end time. You always got to keep in mind about the end times. Can't forget about the Lord is coming back. Okay, he's coming back for his church. Did you hear me? The Lord is coming back. Okay, that's what the Bible says. There's no other way. The Lord's coming back. He's coming back for his church. And uh, you must keep the end time in focus when reading the word of God as an apostolic. Keep your eye on the eastern sky. I don't know the hour, 
And I don't know the day, but I know he's coming back. And you and I must be ready for the return of Jesus Christ. The Bible gives us uh, some clarification on things that will happen and things that will take place um, that are near to his coming. Be prepared for the coming of the Lord. Amen. Uh, presumption of relevance and being applicable. We believe that all scripture is given uh, for our admonition. Therefore, we approach the Bible with the assumption that each passage is relevant and applicable to our lives. Uh, the Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration and is profitable. And I know that sometimes you get reading genealogies or something, you wonder, oh my goodness. Uh, you try to say, but you know, there's, um, there's some interesting things that you find out in the genealogies if you study them. So all scripture is, um, is profitable, profitable for doctrine, profitable for reproof, for instruction. Amen. There's things that we can learn from the word of God. If you want to have a greater relationship with God in 2023, you got to study his word. You got to study his word. You cannot get closer to God without being in his word. Say, well, I, I don't enjoy reading. I get, get the Bible on cassette or something. We'll find you an old cassette player. I've got one still, in case you need to borrow it. No, get, get, uh, get the Bible so that you can have it ingested on a daily basis into your life. It, it's, it's good even to memorize Scripture. Sister Tompkins, she's memorized hundreds of Scriptures, even in her later years. Is that correct, Sister Tompkins? Good, because you get it in there. Doesn't matter what else is happening in life. Out comes the scripture. It comes right out of you. Amen. Because uh, you, you hide the word of God in your heart that you might not sin against him. Amen. It's wonderful. Say, well, I can't memorize. You, you do something seven days uh, on the same scripture, guess what? You'll probably have it down pat. Um, and uh, every passage is relevant and applicable to your life. Amen. That's our first lesson uh, in the month of January on what we believe. Everything's based upon the Word of God. has to be. And um, it's not about our preferences, our likes and dislikes. It's about His Word. Amen. Stand if you would. Amen. God, I thank you for the power and the authority of your Word. I thank you for the realness of your Word, God. Wherever we're reading in your word, it can come alive in our hearts. God, all the things that we follow and place into our minds and spirit, let it be from your word. Let our hearts follow the things of your word. Let your word become, God, a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Lord, your word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Let that, God, I pray, work in our lives on a daily basis. Each and every individual that is in person tonight, watching or listening online, God, we want to follow your word to the best of our ability. We ask it in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you tonight. Thank you for being in Bible study at Mission Point tonight. 
Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.